0: Desi and welcome to Bridging the Realm. Today uh, I uh, have a very special topic to discuss and I'm really excited about it. It's quite different from anything I've had on my channel so far Uh, but nevertheless it's a topic that I think is very important especially for this year 2020. Uh, This year will be all about us finding out who we really are, redefining ourselves, I'm really, finding the masculine, the masculine and the feminine, uh, how we fit into the society, and what needs to be uh, cut off. What are the old stories that we no longer wish to take with us into this new decade, into the new. Um, just this new time that we're coming into. So uh, I'm really, really excited to welcome the uh, man whisperer, Kenny Mamarella de Cruz. Kenny has held men's groups for uh, almost 20 years. Actually this year is going to be the 20 year anniversary for uh, for Kenny's men's speak groups. Um, So it's a really special time and I'm really happy to um, celebrate this with him. And Kenny's work uh, is basically, he trains men, women, therapists, coaches and anyone who wants to communicate better with men uh, to hold safe conscious spaces to allow men to be heard and to turn around their lives. Um, His work helps men achieve their life, relationship and career goals through workshops as well as working privately with individuals and their partners. Kenny's incredible life journey has taken him from refugee camps, through overcoming OCD, mental health issues to working with Mother Teresa and uh, taking part in dangerous sports all over the world. Turning around his own traumas and dramas has enabled Kenny to meet, uh, to meet men where they are and facilitate life-changing shifts in perspective and life. Kenny shares tools in helping others consciously embody their potential and meet all of life's challenges. Oh, so Kenny. <laughs> Welcome. That's
1: quite a spiel. Good on you getting that out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: It's, it's a big one. I mean, you can feel the energy already. Yeah. Just, wow.
1: I've been busy, I guess. I didn't mean to. <laughs> it just like, happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of believe that when I'm present and available to life, then life can meet me mm. and I can respond. Um, and when I didn't used to be, and I pretended to be in control, and I was more in survival survival mode, attached to my pictures and how they'd come through, then I was totally disconnected from life. I was coming from unconscious am I, and fear, and reaction, and panic. And it was just this survival frenzy. So when I switched, or when I remember to switch even in daily life, then life happens.
0: Yeah, yeah it's about being just really present isn't it being present in the moment and
1: present and connected right now yeah able to respond because surely that's responsibility
0: yeah yeah totally so before we get started tell me a little bit about well tell me about this year because this year 2020 you know it's such a big year we're at the beginning of a new decade so many things feel like they're changing everything is shifting people are asking who they are you know they're trying to find out their role within the world they're trying to redefine themselves there's, there's just so much stuff going on I mean on top of everything else worldwide that's going on with all the crisis and fear tell me a little bit about how you see everything kind of panning out
1: you know in a strange way i kind of feel like there's a tension between spirit and matter and matter the things that matter unfortunately for a lot of people are survival status power putting on a good show being good enough to connect with rather than connecting so the tension from um doing it right rather than being right is just getting tighter and tighter and i've no idea whether people or things are going to split so there's space for both consciousnesses to exist or whether somehow there's going to be a coming together or both but the power and the madness as far as i'm concerned that's going on with the power at the moment um, it, with with governments, with organisations, with, with anything that seems to be controlling people. It's a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like on the other side with spirit, this couldn't happen because it simply doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. These people it so often are so disconnected from their spirit, from emotion, from morals, from people being individuals rather than units and numbers, and that it just, it's, it's just, it's split. So on this side, even though the power is here, the power is within. The power is the way that we live our lives. For me, it's the community, the place that I come from, the people that I interact with, the communities I'm part of and I create and I contribute to. And it's more space for me, more space for who I wish to turn into more space for growing what's good rather than giving. It's almost like one of my cheap lines is giving energy to what you want to grow rather than giving energy to what you want to go. So this is the way that I guess I take my space in the world. And at times I I don't really stay up with the media or anything. And I don't believe a lot of it. And it's very upsetting to be around. And I don't understand so much of it. Um, But at times, I guess there's a crossover. But it's not so much in my head, it's this or this or this and getting into the drama of it. It's more coming from what feels true, what's true to me, what's true to the way that I I wish the world to be, what's true for people. And I kind of come from there, I guess. So that's the change. And I found the way that so many people... Um, are absorbed by the Borg, part of the rat race, there are also so many people that get burnt out or just don't want to check into that, especially these days. The younger people, it's like, why, rather than should? Apart from social media, perhaps, then it's the the being good, good enough kind of space. And I found the most efficient way for people to find out who they are is to get clear about who they're not, Mm -hmm. and who they no longer need to be. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't feel right, if if there's a contraction of energy or some pain, or you're holding your breath, or it's the same old victim thing, then surely that needs to go. Mm -hmm. And the energy needs to be given to exploring who you are. And I find, for example, in the men's groups, that is one of the ground rules, is find out who you are and let go of who you no no, no longer need to be. Experiment with who you are see what fits and ask for feedback even because so many people can be surviving the old unconscious scripts by bringing them into the present meanwhile that's something from childhood that there's no space for here and now and the latest up-to-date gleaming sparkling version that wants to engage with life
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally no i can i can totally see that uh in the world going on like people it's almost like it's reached a boiling point where people have just had enough you know they've had enough of working in a job that they hate they've had enough of being labeled something they've had enough of doing things that they don't want to do and it's kind of just like there's this just boiling point where people are like you said they're splitting off and it's like no i'm gonna go with what i want you know fuck everything else like i don't want to do this and it's kind of so it's either that or the other side is just people who are still suppressing this stuff they're just they're coming up with all of these illnesses and mental health issues because there's just, there's no, nowhere for this to go. It's still, all this yep. suppressed stuff that needs to come out. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: And I feel um, life is kind of like Columbo where everything is a clue. It's a sign or a temptation or a clue. So for me, if I'm present and connected, then I can live life by following my heart, but also looking at what is life trying to tell me. Or what's it asking me to let go of? And I might get ill or I might get bothered or I might get upset or I might get triggered or I might get elated or I might get whatever. And the, the so-called negative, the bad stuff that comes up, I believe is quite simply saying you need to give me attention, mm-hmm. um, include me or let me go and then you can have will be available to more in life. So rather than, oh, no, that's bad. I need to suppress it or avoid it, it's right, what's next for release on my path? And then the next level of goodness comes, And and so it takes place. And I think the biggest ask that I have of the people I work with, I guess even pretty much everyone in my life, is to live life creatively, to live into life, to grow into life, but the biggest task is that means it's being out of control. That means it's living into a bigger life rather than I know how to survive this. This I'll just go automatic. It's stepping up and it's growing life.
0: Wow, that's so important to, to, to know. Thank you for that tip. Definitely. I can totally relate to that. And I think it's definitely even in myself, I've started uh, exploring the more creative side of me because I've recently, I've only had this kind of recent review of my own life in January. I think a lot of people are going through that. And uh, it was kind of like, you know, when you're kind of going through in your head, what did I do wrong? And what did I do right in in last year? You know, because you want to do this review and what you don't want to take with you anymore and things like that. And I realized I was so focused on my work. It was very, I was very mental about everything. You know, I focused very much on the mental side of life and on the mental side of me. Whereas if you, you know, if you look at the feminine energy, feminine energy is very creative. Like you said, you know, it's very, we we have to move, we have to flow. So I kind of, um, I realized I became very disconnected with that part of myself. So this year I'm kind of like, no, I need to get back into that sort of feminine energy, try to be exploring more, creating more, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think it's really important to step back and to just look at what you're not doing of enough that you should
1: be maybe. Totally agree. And for me, what I realized over Christmas and New Year, I went away for three days with a friend and we were in the forest and stuff, and just unplugging, and it was magical. And in a way, I got deeper into being space, being beyond the doing. And very often, especially, I don't know about um, women, but younger men, need to compete, be busy, put their energy something somewhere, fix, 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 stay out of control, put on a good show, compete, survive, etc. And that's very good, powerful energy. But for me, I realized I need to come from my being, I need to be in alignment with myself, alignment with what I believe in and what I wish to grow. And then from that being, let the doing take place. If it's the other way around that I'm coming from, am I? and it's survival mode but if i have my being and then i do and express myself from there clear about what i'm growing and grounding it so it's real it's not just airy fairy stuff then it's actually focused i'm I'm following my will and i'm coming from i am i'm in alignment with myself i'm clear about my morals and values i'm growing what what i wish to grow and I am available to life for this to take place, rather than am I do, putting on a good show and when will I be good enough to take part? It's yeah. a really important switch, I find. There's an, another big thing that's happened recently, I'd say, because we're in the metal rat year, uh, and I, I used to do a lot of Feng Shui type stuff, so I looked into Chinese, Chinese astrology. Oh, yeah. And last year was the pig year. And the big thing that I feel happened around me last year was men who were either emotionally, socially, mentally, for whatever way, unavailable to themselves or to others. And with men, there's a lot of isolation. The competition gets so bad that it's like, I don't fit into this, there's isolation. They stepped up and got to know themselves and really created relationships and got over all their stuff And I think you mentioned the female perspective. I feel what happened is they turned from surviving boys, which is um, very kind of raw male, immature male, and they included the feminine side, which is feeling through rather than surviving, responding rather than reacting, collaborating, listening. So balancing the two rather than pretending and surviving with the boys, I think it takes the acceptance of the feminine side to have a complete man because surely a man is the masculine and feminine not necessarily balanced because sometimes there might be a more masculine um, call from life and sometimes a more feminine but to navigate between the two while taking care of the child rather than sending the child there to meet the world yeah so the pig year was so social where it's not just the rat year, which is a lot more focused and cunning and courageous, but it's also the beginning of a 60-year cycle with Chinese astrology. And I have no idea what this cycle is going to be about because it feels like there's a lot happening so quickly with technology, with relationships, with awareness of self and health, with destruction and selfishness and war and, you know, it's just bonkers. Surely the only thing to do <laughs> is to take charge of self and grow the good.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I was also looking at the kind of meaning of this year and also the rat. Uh, so, so um, did you say for the pig year last year it was about, about the social aspect of it? Is that what you I'd
1: say it was very much about um, community
0: Commun- and um, finding your tribe. exactly
1: exactly but it's also acceptance being true let it all hang out and you know it's just like being together rather than fixing and doing and there has been some frustration especially with the change in the atmosphere in the last few months is there is extreme exhaustion and there is extreme overwhelm Mm -hmm. and hence the the ill health where people just need to break down stop and heal but it's a very extreme time. It's it's a real turning point, a real um, intense period, I'd say, we're in. I'll tell you what a great book that I, I absolutely love is The Only Planet of Choice. Um, and I think it was Palden Jenkins, did the first uh, edited version, where it describes the Earth as the planet where we can make choice of good or bad. Uh, and it's almost like an experiment, a very beautiful time to see how we choose to go back to God or the oneness uh, and how we navigate our paths, but wonderful book. And I'll tell you what, while I'm at it, and a movie that I absolutely love is, do you know, Wings of Desire, Benders.
0: It rings a bell, but I haven't seen it.
1: It's basically seeing the um, the world from these the eyes of angels and the human experience and an angel deciding to come into the human experience. And one of the things I love about that movie is this movie follows in, in a moment. The angels would get together and they would report back in this moment. This happened here. A boy ran and cut his knee. Uh, a war broke out. A woman asked uh, a, a man to marry her or blah, blah, blah. So it's following the timeline of this moment. But then it could be spatially and then it could be on a, a very different kind of level of frequency of children and very few adults would be aware of the angels and actually see them mm-hmm. where on day-to-day land because it's a different frequency yeah. it wouldn't really be there mm-hmm. so one of the things that i believe we can do with our being and that we really have the power to this is my favorite scene from this movie wings of desire where the angel was walking down the tube the um the carriageway just gently listening to people's thoughts as he goes by because you know it's like if that frequency is open then you kind of get to hear these things mm. and there was a guy who was sitting there very very depressed and depression isolation suicide it's huge in, men's, in men these days and he was going down a hole about his mother being ill and how helpless he is and how hopeless things are and you know, I just need to end it and whatever. And the angel sat next to him. Obviously, he couldn't see this or feel this. And he led his head against the head of this man. And you could just gently hear with the energy merging a lifting of, actually, it's a nice sunny day. Maybe I should blah, blah, blah. And maybe then I could do this. And, you know, I think I'll communicate with my mother and tell her this. And he just changed his attitude. He changed his perspective. And I guess the thing to go back to what we were saying earlier on, I think the thing that I, I help people do more than anything is change their perspectives from survival into creative living, from am I to I am, from wherever it is they're stuck or what, whatever hasn't been let go of, to maybe feel it, feel through it and heal it so they can be present. And have that creative attitude, rather than having something in the background that drags them down, or mm. something that recreates the same old story. Basically, mm. have I been babbling a lot?
0: No, no. i mean, It's so interesting listening to you. It's so interesting, and it's such a powerful thing that um, that you're doing as well. It's just. It's such. I'm just trying to you know fitting into my head how it's just um (laughs) affecting so many people you know already it's just this this sort of work because it's so needed right now but um before you before you started doing this for other men you had to learn it for yourself by yourself how to do this for yourself when you were you know not in a great space so tell me a little bit more about the concept behind the man whisperer and how it all came together and how it all came about
1: the way the man whisperer thing came up is i was contacted by newsweek magazine saying they're doing a cover story article on men and mental health and suicide and things like that can we interview you and come to women's men's group etc etc so i hung out with this guy quite a lot and the story came out and that was all well and good and then a book came out behind that and they wrote a chapter about me and called me the man whisperer and it's all about the need of men to be heard and to be met in our own world, in our own language, uh, in a way that opens us up, gets us self-aware and helps us to learn from each other and to live more connected, better lives. So that's the man whisperer thing. And the way that the group started in the first place is I came back to the UK after traveling the world and I worked with Mother Teresa and dying people. I lived in Fiji, had a natural health centre in Sydney. You know, the danger sports, shark feeding and bungee jumping and whatever. So I came back after lots of adventures and things. And my friends were, my male friends especially, were workaholics, alcoholics, drug addicts, uh, sex addicts, love addicts, uh, power freaks, and it was just distractions about you know, who they should be or, you know. And for me, I had a very simple need to be met. I needed to be met in, I don't know, in my normality land uh, rather than being distracted by all of these kind of these things. So I got about about a dozen or so in my lounge in Muswell Hill 20 years ago now. And I said, right, um, I'm totally cool to come raving and doing whatever else it is that we do. But I also, I have a need to be met. And I'm not quite sure what a men's group is, but I'm starting one. So let's hang out and chat about stuff and and see what happens from... And three, four men, three men on a regular basis and one on a not so regular basis from then still come to groups. But people got to hear about it and I needed to take it into a neutral space. I needed to get ground rules and a structure so I could pass it on to other people and things just got out of hand (laughs) (laughs) which is great and I love the number of people so if you go to mensgroups.co.uk you can download the ground rules the checking round there are videos and I love the number of people all over the world who email me and say we're using it it's great it's better for us It's better for our relationships. It's better for our communities. And it's simple. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But to go right back after refugee camps and everything, I had um, post-traumatic stress disorder, I guess. Um, But I kind of got into obsessive compulsive disorder and Tourette's, I'd twitch and grunt and trichomania, pulling my hair and body dysmorphia and... The one I still have a little bit left is, um, what do you call it? Dyscalculia, Numbers, time, distance, weight, things in order. So, you know, I was a bit of a basket case in some ways.
0: <laughs> wow. But,
1: um, to work with, yeah. Days, these <laughs> things weren't really known <laughs> or labelled. And I was in working class Wales trying to survive in a brand new life with no means. And it was just like Deal with it. And in time, I learned to deal with it. I learned to unlearn those, calm myself, breathe. I've got certain tricks and techniques that I pass on to people that are so simple about breathing back into the moment and getting back into alignment and adjusting perspective and letting these things go. So I had no idea um, that I was doing anything but surviving better leave alone creating some tools that I could pass on to other people. Mm. And it's been amazing for me to realize that so much of what I learned to do for myself and the way that I got to thinking are similar to therapy and coaching and things like that. And I've never studied to be a therapist or a coach, but I love seeing my private clients. I love passing on my tools and I love running the men's groups.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much what you're doing now. So I don't think you, 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 your experiences is, is from what you've achieved for yourself, from how you've healed yourself. So I think that speaks for itself, isn't it? To, um,
1: and to go back to what you asked earlier, I really feel that so many people that I work with, they find out who they are, not just by finding out who they no longer need to be to survive, but also as they unlearn what's not true, as they let go of old belief systems, they always uncover their tools and these are the tools for their pathway. So it's like a neatly packaged little bunch of goodies. Mm -hmm. And it's like uncovering, unearthing, bringing light to the dark will allow the goals of the uncovered tools to shine and lead the pathway on. And I've always found that with everyone I work with. And I've got... Am I... Am I totally screwing up your script? Because no, no, no,
0: no. You're actually focus. mentioning a lot of the things I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: fine. Well, I was just going to tell you about my my fantasy mm. of how life works in the cosmic bank account.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, let's do that. Just before we do that, I just wanted to go back to because um, it's really interesting how you kind of um, you know. Ha- what was was there a turning point for you where you you know um you know you, you were suppressing a lot of these things for the majority of your first part of your life right you were trying yeah. to just deal with all the stress or the post-traumatic stress that happened as a result of your childhood and everything you had to deal with um but what was the turning point do you remember it was a specific moment where you just thought no i have to do something about this i can't i can no longer ignore it because that's something that we're not being taught and even i mean now probably it's starting to you know pick up but back in the days, you know, no one was taught to actually sit down with their own feelings and be like, okay, so what do you feel right now? You know, it was like, no, I'm just going to get on with life. And, you know, what was the moment that really just opened something up for you?
1: I would say rather than a moment, it's Mm -hmm. been a journey of unfolding. Yeah. Um, And have there been turning points? Do you know, this is the frustrating thing of working with clients and, and getting testimonials is when it's time for a testimonial they don't remember who or how they used to be and it's kind of the same for me right now is i can't remember that guy or what he was thinking or feeling or where he was coming from so it's really difficult to to kind of get to there were lots of times there were specific things i mean i remember for example um when i decided to just get conscious and break habits Um, and I decided to brush my teeth in the shower, which seemed to be a strange thing to do. (laughs) But I just thought, I need to do something. (laughs) Exactly. I need to do something a bit strange. Just, Just so I am conscious in the moment, rather than off with the fairies. Off into my finding trouble, to fix trouble, to pretend to be in control, to second guess, to come from fear, and to not be in the present, but to be lost somewhere in a trauma that the boy went through. So that was a start in, I'm going to break the spell. I need to be present with where I am and what I'm doing. And what I learned to do, and this is one of the the tips that I pass on to people, is first and foremost, admit that apart from crossing the road and knowing when to switch something on or open a door rather than walking into it, my thinking hasn't actually solved a lot of things. My thinking has not fix things yeah. um, what has is me being present so if my thinking hasn't achieved that it's just given me the illusion of control just let, let's pretend then i could use that energy by adjusting to being in the present so as soon as i found i was lost in space in the space between my years mm-hmm. fantasizing and fixing and fearing i'd take a deep breath in and as i breathe in I'd think, thank you for reminding me who I used to be. And who I used to be was owned by all these fears and fantasies. And as I was owned for these things and I was unaware, I would twitch and I would grunt and I'd come from my Tourette's and I'd come from my OCD and I wouldn't even realise that's what's going on. So as I breathe in, thank you and it's gratitude because that brought me here for reminding me who I used to be so it's in the past. That makes space in the present. So as I breathe out, I take part with what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that is quite simply the most life-changing thing that I have come up with in my life to break the spell and get present and connected. And sometimes I need to remember and remember, and it's not, oh, I got it wrong. It's more like, here's an adjustment to make, and I simply adjust. And that's, for me, coming t- mm-hmm. turning the am I into the I am. I am here and now. And in order to get myself breathing and in the moment, I thought, right, I need to invent some more little games just so I kind of cross over into this normality from that normality. Mm. And one that I came up with was every time, this is from my own body, every time I cough or sneeze or gurgle or burp or fart or anything happens, It's a reminder to take a breath and get into my body. So I started playing that game to get present. And then I played the game off every time I cross a threshold. I go from one room to another or through a doorway or even an arch of trees. I will take a deep breath. So it's acknowledging, I guess, every moment can be a wormhole into awareness. So I came up with little things like that just to adjust and get present.
0: Wow, that's really powerful. That's really a good way to do it because it makes it fun. It's not like something you have to do. It's just like, oh, this is yeah. fun. You know, it's like playing a game, which I guess the mind is always more open to engaging with rather than I have to do this and I have to Yeah,
1: do yeah. It. yeah. And also, I guess I got sick of reading books and not learning anything and going to workshops and not learning anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's all well and good, but it needs to be in this moment. Mm. so how do i get it into this moment yeah and that's how i did it or that's how i do it mm. or that's how i attempt to do it as much as i can and you know it's not about judgment it's noticing it and adjusting
0: mm. yeah that's such a good way to do it it actually reminds me of this time when i was taking my driving lessons and every time i had to switch gears i would always look down at the um you know this, this gear stick and yeah. my driving instructor was always like look you know, you need to look at the road, stop looking at the gear stick because you're driving, so you need to look forward. So he said, instead of looking at the gear stick, look instead into the mirror. You know, he was just like, just switch it around, just switch it around. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, every time I had this need to look at the gear stick, I would just look at the mirror instead. And I was like, oh, it works. <laughs>
1: so,
0: <laughs> it works. It's like tricking your mind. It's, it's
1: exactly. And it's, there is energy, whatever the energy is, and it doesn't need to be suppressed it needs to be depressed. If it's suppressed, it needs to be expressed. If it's suppressed, it will probably get depressed. So if this raw energy, let's say it's anger or rage or compulsive checking, if that needs to be expressed somewhere, then how can we focus on where we want to Express it. It's almost like re channeling it. Mm. And it's not about getting it right immediately. It takes what six to eight weeks apparently to rewire the brain. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, just observe it and help it rewire rather than going, Oh, I got it wrong again. No, breathe through it.
0: Mm. Yeah, is that self punishment and self judgment that's really difficult it's to overcome, isn't it? The 80s. Yeah. yeah. Old
1: fashioned. <laughs>
0: tell me about the men's groups and what, well first of all what are some of the most common misconceptions that people uh, that you find about m- what men's groups involve you know what are there because i'm guessing people don't really come across them too often so
1: yeah i guess in the old old days people used to think is it a gay thing or is it a christian thing or is it some sort of an anti-woman thing or <laughs> is it some sort of a naked ritualistic embarrassing people thing or you know what kind of a thing thing but then if you think about it can't blame people because everyone's scared of the unknown.
0: Yeah. Fair
1: enough. And who wants to be the new kid in the classroom who's obviously going to be bullied or humiliated or feel awkward and hasn't got a friend and conspicuous. So it's scary to go into a men's group. You don't know what's gonna happen. Basically it's a group of men sitting in a circle having a chat and there are ground rules that you agree to one of the ground rules is play bigger than the rules so it's not you have to get it right and for people to like you another one of the ground rules is pass so you don't actually have to say anything Um, and it just seems to have a format that works but even that is for anyone to change and use in their own communities in whatever way they want to so we've got a very, very simple structure that works and can be adapted. Uh, and people hang out. It's not like we um, go, we, we don't have any rituals, we don't take our clothes off, we don't necessarily touch each other. People might shake hands or hug if they know each other to say hello and goodbye. You know, it's not very pally or laddie or the Americans call it hazing or anything like that. It's hanging out. It's quite simply good old-fashioned hanging out. Um, But it's very conscious hanging out. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear about who we are, who we really are, who we no longer need to be. And it's experimenting with who we are and growing hanging out rather than banter or any type of bollocks Mm -hmm. that's unconscious, putting people down. You know, anything that's um, kind of not actually no quite a lot of dark stuff can come up Mm. but it is in order to to grow rather than to compete it's for people who kind of kind of get it either it's time for me to step up and really take part in life i've outgrown my life or i'm in enough pain because my life's falling apart or i'm going through a a transition and and i don't know how to do this Quite often men don't know how to be with other males. So it's like time to be whole, time to express, time to get healthy, time to grow into a good life. Um, But it's not about um, joining a cult or being saved or being um, kind of uh, absorbed into an organization with hierarchical rules and values like that that's that's quite old-fashioned but a lot of people go through various other courses and things before they get to us and they find their space for who they are and it's all about the individual it's like be like yourself Mm -hmm. rather than be like someone else or be like so-called us
0: yeah. Wow. That sounds like such a good place to be um, included in. And it, really, it sounds like it's really just about authentic connections, isn't it? It's about really coming from this authentic place of who you really are and expressing yeah. what you really want. Because I find that, especially now, I feel like a lot of people, even though they have friends, it's like they can't, they don't feel like they can speak to certain things about their, with their friends. You know, It's like there's just yeah. certain things that you just don't say to your friends that you just know they're not going to be able to relate to you or understand. Yeah or be at the same level so it's kind of like creating that space where you can where men can actually say the things that they really want to say and that are really weighing them down
1: and even explore because in some friendship groups uh some of the men are popular or they have their sports groups their social groups their family groups whatever but nowhere for a certain part of them to come alive. Right. Or maybe they don't, <clears throat> they don't want to change these groups, they like the way their life works, but there's another part of them that needs some space. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's guidance. Um, and also, sometimes it's a lot easier to change from an outside perspective, mm-hmm. and to find space and kind of test drive who you are there. Um, and then take what works naturally into life like a place to experiment but a really um, funny thing is people don't generally like or get when someone changes
0: Mm. yeah 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 i've noticed that as well it's like um i can actually totally relate to that because i feel like you know people for example your family they have this view of how you are and you know as an individual and then if you do anything that is outside of that they're kind of like well why are you doing that you know why that's not you yeah. and it's just like, <laughs> and, and then you just you have to answer for yourself of why you want to try something new or why you want to do this and it's just like yeah mm, I totally get
1: and it. then there's also the change of being the parent's son mm. into being another adult yeah and then maybe not just being another adult but being the primary um generation that takes care of the older and the younger or becoming a father or some change in career or direction or um, you know it's these kind of things that people maybe need the to learn from the experience good bad and ugly of other people to then be able to make that transition and introduce that that self of them into their communities with awareness and with boundaries because very often in a lot of people's lives they lack boundaries or it's built on very old boundaries or childish boundaries or unaware boundaries or should boundaries yeah yeah so much as making space for the soul for the spirit to grow
0: yeah and in, in your work you also uh, talk about the importance um of uh, looking at all the parts of yourself like the child the father like kind of what you just said yeah. so can you just say a little bit about why that's so important? For example, why, even though you might be a 40-year-old, 50-year-old man, why is it so important to uh, integrate the child and to look at the child within you and what yeah. it needs?
1: Do you know, I guess with work, it, it's, there are two steps. Um, I guess three steps, actually. The first step is um, if you go to themanwhisperer.co.uk, you can download, it's hidden somewhere, otherwise email me, you can download a personal discovery questionnaire. The personal discovery questionnaire asks lots lots of questions um, to do with your past, what you want out of life, defining moments, um, and about various different aspects of life. The object of the exercise with this, for example, illnesses, changes, transitions, is to look at the life and to spot the script that keeps repeating. And from the script that keeps repeating and from the life situation to understand the belief systems that that individual has. And from those belief systems to get up to date with what's true and what's no longer true and what is something that needs to continue and what needs to kind of get off Groundhog Day and be healed, be taken away from the script. Um, So by the end of that part of work, people know exactly why life has given them what life has given them, what they want and what they no longer want and what they want to make space for what might be. So that's the first part, it's knowing. From there, it can be very frustrating. A lot of people spend so much time uncovering and knowing rather than just getting it and then thinking, right, now I know, now I need to be different. Now I need to live into the new life. Now, that's the second part of work. It's called voice dialogue, or at least it's my kind of tweaked up version of voice dialogue, which is kind of like chair work, where I speak to the person in front of me, and then I ask him or her to move chairs, and I speak to another part of them, say their protector, that's been helping them survive through their lives. And I find out from the the protector what their job is and what they need and what they have, they want the person to, to hear and know, etc. And I understand how these two parts are probably quite enmeshed as this person survives life. And then we go back and then I might speak to the adult in them, the emerging man or the emerging woman, or the critic or the child, if the child needs to, to, to say something, or the rage or the, the higher self, the wise part or the part that, that's custodian of the pathway. So we get to know from all these different voices rather than speaking at the same time or not being heard or shouting too loud. We get to understand what's going on, pull that together, know the perspectives. And there is a central adult, uh, what do they call it, the aware ego, who is able to respond to life as that individual now moves forward out of Groundhog Day And he is able to kind of delegate or draw from the different parts Mm -hmm. who can then have the space to do their work. And rather than the protector controlling and limiting things, the information from the protector goes forward like a scout and advises the the man or the woman who is in relationship, like intimately with life rather than separate and playing the guessing game and the survival game. Mm -hmm. And things kind of balance out. And the new perspectives in life enable the life to smoothly move on. So that's the second part. And the most difficult part of that is when this individual is in alignment and available to life, then it's like, oh my God, it's going my way. What do I do? I'm used to fixing it. I'm used to trouble. I'm used to this drama and that drama. So rather than creating or attracting these dramas, It's learning how to respond to what life is bringing, which is generally much bigger and much better things. And learning how to navigate the signs and the temptations. Mm -hmm. So it's after the two kind of, what people see as the biggest mountains to to kind of conquer. It's after those, I believe, is where the biggest part of the work takes place. And that's living into the new life, that success. So then the, you know, a few short sessions or emails or whatever. So people are on their paths and that's where people come to men's groups to integrate all of this. So that's my little package.
0: Yeah. Wow. That sounds so powerful. And that's really, I think that's, um, I've heard it before about sort of parts working different with different Uh, parts of yourself you know trying because a lot of the times they're sort of in resistance to one another so for example if one part of you wants a relationship there's another part of you that actually doesn't want a relationship so there's constantly this tug of war between the two of you so until you become so conscious of them which is obviously with the work that you do then you just continue on the same pattern so that's really so
1: for example it could be that a bloke is so ready and in the right time and place in his life for a relationship Mm -hmm. But as soon as it's in the presence of a woman, Mm -hmm. he becomes a scared little boy. Mm -hmm. And then he wonders why it's not going to happen. Or a woman is ready for promotion at work or to step into the next part of her career. Mm -hmm. But she fears at some level that as soon as she takes that space, that she might lose her friends Mm -hmm. or the pressure would be too much. Or she would feel that she wouldn't be able to um, ask for help because she needs to prove herself you know the, the whole kind of imposter syndrome syndrome thing so it's dealing with the, the reasons why not and enabling the part that can do that and getting that fear energy into something that actually fuels the way forward wow on a very practical level
0: yeah no that's that's really interesting thank you for explaining that um so what i'm interested to know how what are some of the sort of most common issues that men come to you with i'm sure there's a range of them because you see men from all over the world but is there a common thread of what what is the main thing that men are kind of seeking you know that they want to be heard or
1: yeah sadly i would say most men come to men's groups um whether they have everything crossed on their to have or to do list or not and a lot of people who come to me do have everything. And sadly, they feel like they don't know who they are. They're not included in their lives. They are nothing. They don't have a purpose. They don't have a passion. They don't have a sense of personal power or connection. So sadly, so many men coming into groups are to see me with, who am I? What's wrong with me? How do I do me better? Or they're more in pain and disconnection, just not knowing where to put themselves or how to engage. Uh, And that could be men who kind of have everything or men who are are struggling to know which bits to fix. Um, And this is where we get from the doing and the fixing into the being and the connecting and the expression in life. Um, And, yeah, there is so much anxiety these days about not being good enough. And there's so much overwhelm and so much Pressure and more than anything, so much disconnection that people are disconnected from their own heads and hearts. They listen to the rubbish that goes on in the background of their heads, and that kind of creates their reality. And they don't know how to get out of this and believe it's normality. But this connection with themselves and people don't really know very often how to properly connect with each other anymore. There there are all these faults. Faces on Facebook and Twitter and social media, and all these fearful expressions and representations coming from Am I? That even if they work and people are really popular, they still feel disconnected and unnourished, and it's just not there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so much of the work is connection with self, connection with others, connection with purpose, Mm -hmm. connection to the world, and connection with a grounded partaking. Ramdas died recently. Uh, and one of the things that I love that he said is we're on the earth, we have to do, we are here to do the curriculum. So it's the grounded partaking of this earthly experience. Love and light is well and good. It's also dark. And it's really allowing all the emotions and all the experiences and all the lessons and all the love to be able to, to be received mm-hmm. and understood and embodied and partaken in.
0: Mm. Wow. That sounds like a, definitely something that everyone, not just men, but everyone needs to do. <laughs> <that> I find <laughs> that, you know, even women women who are, you know, working in, say, working in the city and they're trying to, you know, make this big career for themselves, I, they're also very much disconnected from their own, you know, self and their feelings because we're just so, like, you know, focused on our career and everything else. So would you say... Um,
1: Could I quickly add yeah. one thing, actually? Yeah is um the disconnection of people and i I so don't blame it i so get it and one of the things a very very simple uh trick game that i made up is follow the feeling and if i find i am triggered by a woman and i become a little boy or i'm triggered by uh, going on a bus or speaking in front of people or whatever it is that triggers me, a noise, a loud noise in the carriage that I think someone's got a gun or someone's going to get me, or for my family, it could have been like fireworks, sounded like gunshots from Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever the triggers are, I need to take a breath and follow the feeling to see what's really going on. Mm -hmm. I I think a really important thing to generally remember is I'm not angry or upset for the reason I think I am. I wonder what's fueling this. I wonder what's being triggered. So in that moment, take a breath and breath gets out of the head and into the body. Take a breath and get into the feeling and follow the feeling back. And in a split second, I probably know which part is saying, heal me or feel me and let me go. Mm-hmm. And it's that follow the feeling. <laughs> Very often when I work with men, um, so many men, I mean, My tragedy, I guess, in a way, was at the age of seven, eight, when we were refugees to the the UK. Strangely.
0: Yeah, I remember you said um, in one of your interviews that that, that's pretty much when your childhood's finished, isn't it, at seven or eight, and you had, had to now become the man of the family, which is really traumatic for a kid to go through. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And strangely, I work with lots and lots of boys who've been to boarding school or men who've been to boarding school. I mean, even the term boarding school boys or the old boys network, it's boys. And it's at that same age. Usually they were sent to school about the same age and the same stage as me at eight. Um, And at some level, having a broken spirit being sent to an, an extent to a children's home, to an institution. Um, and to be that vulnerable and to have to survive and to not have that core safe nurturing environment there anymore and to be made busy to be kept busy to be doing things disconnected from emotions maybe in order to survive but keep busy and that's the way that's a spell that needs breaking and so many men who come to me whether it's boarding school or whatever their situation it could be the council state it really doesn 't matter which country or situation it's where was the pause button down? Where was that person that person 's life put into depression or go on hold that needs to be met and let go off and reintegrated so it 's part of the whole it's finding those places and retrieving those parts and setting them free so they actually contribute to the goodness of the life rather than being survived and never felt through and carried around. So it's a very, very important part of the work that we do is finding those core places. And again, it doesn't need to be a long drawn out thing. There are some very simple tools and techniques to do that. Mm. And then enabling those parts to contribute to the whole rather than being on hold, because there are far too many very, very powerful, disconnected, maybe angry, maybe spiteful, maybe just crushed young boys in positions of power running things in their own survival without realising what damage they're doing to themselves and others. And the same, you could say, goes for the other side where people can be so overly loving and overly giving that they don't realise that they're creating hierarchies of finding people who need help and saving them and having some sort of a parasitic relationship where there's the victim club and through love things things don't move on.
0: Mm. So it's definitely you need to have a balance, isn't it, between, <clears throat> between the two, not one extreme or the other. So would you say, is it safe for men to kind of explore the sort of, I would say, feminine side more? Because, you know, it's really... That's why that allows you to be more with your emotions and allows you to cry and to connect more. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Do you know, to be frank, absolutely not. (laughs) Of course it's not safe. (laughs) It's not safe to explore the masculine or the feminine. It's not safe to explore anything. It's safe to be in control and unconscious and survive. (laughs) That's where the safety is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're talking about living and that's not going to be safe. (laughs) But in order to, you know, I believe that I and everyone are going to be products of our environment. So if I'm going to be a product of my environment, then the best I can do for myself is provide myself or create environments that I would like to be a product of and be as safe, as held as possible. And also there are parts of me that might not want to be safe and that might need to be expressed somewhere. And rather than having a death wish, you know, this is where I did the bungee jumping and, and you know, the fire walking and the shark feeding. Some people might like danger sports. I would say the most unsafe thing to do is to fall in love and what could be more wonderful?
0: Wow that's true. definitely the relationships are just the the explosion where everything is just uh, mirrored back to you isn't it where all your shadows all your so tell me about that because I guess now um you know with the people becoming more spiritual and kind of getting into the whole soulmate thing tell me your opinion on that and do soulmates exist and if they do you know how do we find them how do men find their soulmates how do they go about it
1: For me, I would say it's back to the being rather than the doing. Mm. And when I am me, I attract people who are like me, who will reflect me, who might be my shadow, show me my disowned part so I can work on me or be with me from the outside as I integrate with me from the inside. Mm. And it is so normal, I believe, to be in love most people for some reason find one person to be custodian of all their love and this is our pact and these 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 are the rules and i have to be number one and we're not allowed to blah 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 and i kind of think well it's different levels of love with different people with as much for me openness trust sharing as possible it's different levels of love or openness or availability to frequencies in life because the more i can be the more of life i'm available to or the more of nature or the more of god or whatever it is you want to call it then the more of it i am the more of us there is or life there is to love um so rather than it being excuse me something to do with rules and headings and things like that i mean sure we need to Discuss and know our needs, uh, discuss and be clear about boundaries, and really take part beyond the rules with integrity and love and care. Mm -hmm. And for example, with my wife and I, when we got married, um, the intention was here and now, I intend to be with you for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And surely, life and love is about here and now it's not about the shoulds or the past or the future or the pain or the unfinished business or the fantasies or the parent story or cinderella and princess rom-coms or anything that can all be included but it's about here and now and how i wish to choose to and willing to connect um, and as far as i'm concerned of course there are soul groups and soulmates, etc etc but I'm not going to look for one at the exclusion of others. Mm -hmm. That's not being, that's a little bit of control and obsession, maybe. And if I find one or two or more, they might be different parts of me coming alive. And surely the more the merrier. Mm -hmm. So my little quick cosmic bank account story, if I can quickly go back to that, (laughs) is... I believe that before I came down here this lifetime, this is purely my fantasy, but I guess I believe it. Um, I agreed that I would learn certain things, um, unlearn certain things, experience certain things, uh, contribute to life in certain ways and complete with certain people, whatever it is that we have from the past or whatever it is complete. So if that's my mission, then before coming down, I know that if I bring all my awareness, then I won't be able to have these experiences. Too much awareness it will cancel itself out and I won't be able to have the experience. Mm-hmm. So I need to come down with little to no awareness. So if I come down with little, how do I remember all of those things that I've agreed to, chosen to do? Mm-hmm. So my little fantasy is if I put little dramas places of pain and pleasure and moments etc kind of embodied encoded into the script of my life that will happen then surely if there's pain then at some stage i will give that attention and i'll have to unlearn the pain and that's where i have the interaction with the person i have the experience i believe something about myself I unlearn it and I pick up my tool and I live my purpose so in a way that's how I believe it all works Mm. and this is where the soul groups and the purpose and the power and the taking part together totally comes together for me and then I threw in one last thing to break the spell of my ridiculously delicious judgment of other people (laughs)
0: <laughs> we <all do. laughs>
1: perish the thought if the cosmic bank account thing is I believe that the things that I'm here to learn and uh, be etc etc some people might think it's cool some people think it's not cool at all um, rather than comparing and thinking that I'm ahead or behind people maybe the people that I judge negatively and snobby myself up for have got in the Cosmic Bank account from way back What I'm only just learning now. So how could I possibly judge them? Maybe they're just on a slob life or a rest life or I will be angry or overlooking type or overlooked type life and that's the experience for them this time so it really broke the spell with my judgments
0: yeah that's a good way uh uh, did you come up with that uh name the cosmic bank account it's really it's a really good way to as
1: far as i remember i think i did but who knows (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) No, i totally agree i think um I also learn about that this idea that you know we choose the experiences that we're born into in the family that we're born into even down to the birthday we have and things like that I really love this idea because it it does gives you some sort of a okay this is all happening for a reason it's not just because I'm unlucky or the universe hates me or this or that it's totally. some sort of a scope to look things through and then and just kind of know that it will it is there for a reason and it's there for you to learn from and then take away the experience because you're going to need it in something down further down and to go
1: back to Colombo. Um, sometimes working with clients in the old days when I used to do a lot more feng shui, I could read from their space what they believed about themselves, where their issues were, and what's going on. So the feng shui was almost like acupuncture in the space to help support the progress of their lives. Um, I'll check out Chinese astrology, Western astrology, numerology, you know, palmistry, knowing that the palm can change its lines. And astrology is basically saying, if you're unconscious, then this is what will happen as an automatic pilot script. So if you want any of this to change, it's not a live sentence, then do something about it or undo something. Mm. So for me, it's all clues for empowerment rather than you're stuffed. This is yours, you may as well just stay in bed.
0: If uh, If you could represent right now the male collective, what would you want to say to the female collective you know what what would men like to say to women that they normally feel like they can't how can we how can women help men in this process
1: um i'm gonna break that down into three things and it's all to do with communication number one is please listen and ask rather than knowing what a man is going to say because he always says that or someone else you know don't fill in the gaps listen as if it's the first time because then you know what's really going on and there's space for us to change and for things to be updated so the first ones listen the second one is my fan you'll never believe what my fantasy was right now and that could be You never believe that my fantasy right right then was that you're angry at me because I forgot something or I made a noise when I dropped something or I did something or I didn't do something or whatever. Um, And men can turn into very vulnerable boys when we are withdrawn from. It's really devastating for the male to be withdrawn from by the female, I would say. So... And when we feel that happens, then we can make fantasies or go straight back into being um, abandoned, which is our experience and it could be the slightest thing at childhood. So for both male and female, so we know what's going on in each other's heads is you'll never believe the fantasy I just had was you withdrew from me because blah, blah, blah. And then we know the truth. We know what's going on. Mm. And number three is... When you're speaking to a man about something, debriefing about things, tell him right in the beginning whether you're telling him because you want him to fix it or you're telling him because you want to debrief and he doesn't need to do anything. Just listen.
0: Mm. Wow. (laughs) that's really good advice i think i think this could save relationships (laughs) (laughs) it
1: has it so has already
0: (laughs) yeah wow so what's your vision uh with this with your men's um groups and everything that you're doing where do you see it going in the next kind of five ten years
1: um men's groups to be as accessible and available as the 12 as 12 step groups alcoholics anonymous narcotics anonymous overeaters blah 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 um, because with that level of availability and it's basically re-establishing communities like they used to be men have hung out forever but things have changed with wars and the Industrial Revolution and hierarchies and class and God knows so many different things it's, it's like we've, we've changed we just need to hang out we need to sit together with what's real um, remember and live with what's real So, with the groups being as available as the 12 steps, that's so going to relieve uh, disconnection, isolation, mental, emotional, health issues, suicide figures. It'll contribute to the the life of the man, his family, his community. Um, It just breaks the spell on the isolation and the paranoia that's just, you know, when uh, Johan Harry um, interviewed me. Uh, he called men's groups social medicine and it is basically social medicine so surely if this breaks the spell on the mental emotional even the addiction that goes on whether it's drugs or alcohol or work or power is like this is to break the spell so that's the intention
0: wow that's really powerful and i hope i hope this happens i think i definitely see it happening i think more people needs to come out and be brave with that. Um, But yeah, it's such an amazing vision. And what
1: I love about it as well is it's not about me or the organization. It's people can take the tools and change whatever they want into their own communities. And that's it.
0: Yeah, totally. So it's really about spreading it all over the world and whoever wants to be involved in it. Yeah. Which is really amazing. Well, Kenny, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you and this is such a, amazing fascinating and important topic that we've discussed and i feel like we've only just touched you know the tip because <laughs> <of it. laughs> there's just so much more but of course we can only cover so much um but it was really really interesting to hear from your side and from your experience everything uh from you know about the male perspective the male view and what men are needing right now I think this will really, really help a lot of people. So thank you so much. You do private sessions. You also do groups uh, in London and you also travel. I think you do them around the world or do you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we do the old trip. We're planning. We've done some in Morocco. We're planning on going to Portugal. Yeah. We have men camp. Our camping on a farm in Essex every year. All sorts going on. So it's themanwhisperer.co.uk uh, for the personal discovery questionnaire and to sign up to the newsletter mensgroups.co.uk for the starter pack for the men's groups and men facilitate i also run men aware so people can be aware of themselves as well as how they come across uh into the world Mm. and we're all living happily ever now
0: well, Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And people can also find you on, you on Facebook. So the man whisperer, you're also on Instagram, the man whisperer and uh, Twitter, Kenny DeCruz. So if um, anyone wants to book a session with you, follow you, which I definitely recommend, you've got some amazing wisdom and you've got so many videos as well on YouTube, which are incredible. Yeah. To- so yeah, definitely for anyone listening, uh, you should check them out. But Thank you so much, Kenny. This has been so wonderful, and Absolute I hope to have perfect. you again at some point. I'd yeah, love to. In the year when we when we've seen how this unravels a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Thank
1: cool. you. Bye.